Welcome in to Beyond Mechanics. You're joined by Ron Calloway, your host, former major leaguer. And I'm joined with Jim Greco of Living Legends. What's up, Jim? What's going on, man? Happy to be here again. Hey, man. Glad to have you, man. So tell us, man, what we got on the plate today? Uh, so let's see. We got topics of conversation around um, how do I keep my kid motivated to play baseball? Um, and why are kids losing interest? Um so, you know, a lot of this and some of this is, you know, this really is going on right now. There's there's kids who are either maybe they're coming home from practice. Uh, maybe they're coming home after a game um, and they're down. You know, they're something ain't right. You're trying to talk to them and they're just upset, you know, and, and maybe it was just a bad day. Um, but what's going on and what I'm seeing more of is it's a lot of bad days, you know, for some of these kids and just things aren't aren't trending in the way that you expect, you know, everyone's going to have good and bad days, but when a kid is really starting to feel like, man, am I overmatched? You know, maybe I'm still a small guy and, and I'm a freshman or a sophomore in high school. I'm still a small guy. I'm seeing a bunch of other guys pass me up. I used to be really good. I was an all-star. Um, and now I'm having a hard time even getting coaches attention or getting opportunities in games and on the field. And I was used to being a good ball player and, and the coaches loving me. And now things are changing. And, you know, there, there's different situations. Sometimes there's just that kid that's a stud, you know, in Little League, 10, 11, 12 years old, just hits bombs, throws 75 miles an hour, strikes everybody out, and he's the tall kid or something at that time, and then everybody passes you up. There's those situations. But we're talking about just a kid who loves baseball, been grinding, and always works hard. And that, that's why he was a good player. And he's still working hard. But he's come, but he's not seeing the results he used to get, and and also not seeing the coach's interest, and maybe not getting the playing time he was used to. So he's down, and um, you know, and maybe maybe even contemplating, you know, is it is it over for me? It, you know, do do I need to give it up? Um, and then you know, kids losing interest that kind of ties into that. But even just kids in general, we we see a lot of kids dropping off out of the sport um, between ten and fourteen, but specifically after Little League, between 12 and 14 years old. You're seeing a lot of kids just just quit. I'm done, I don't wanna do it mm -hmm. anymore. I'm tired, I wanna do something else, um, right. whatever it might be, but why, why is that happening? Why is mm -hmm. that happening? Mm -hmm. So those are our main topics um, today, but also going along with that, if we can hit on this later, is how parents encourage their kid or discourage their kid. Mm -hmm. um, and that definitely does tie into this because parents, coaches, spectators they all play a role in encouraging and huge kids. huge role yeah. so what what do you think in uh as far as you know if you're a mo unmotivated kid out there right now because of the situations that i'm kind of telling you you've been a good ball player and now you're just not getting the love you know you're not getting the shine that you used to have and and you feel like you're still good and can compete but you're just not you're not seeing the opportunities coming your way anymore and, and you're feeling down about it yeah yeah. I, th I think off the bat, we got to be careful of what we wrap our identity into, you know, and I think a lot of times people's identity is based off how well they perform. You know what I mean? So if, if yeah. I'm performing well, 
then I'm up, you know, yeah, I'm up here. I'm feeling great about myself and my, my I feel good about who I am because I'm I'm wrapping my identity, who I am up into my success on the field. But the problem with that is just like you can feel high and on top of the world when you wrap your identity into your success, you can feel down and out when your identity is wrapped into your lack of success. So you're putting yourself in a situation where you can get on this roller coaster of highs and lows. Whenever I'm playing well, I'm feeling really good about myself. Yeah. And when I'm not, then I feel really bad about myself. And then all those negative things that come into people's mind, like wanting to quit, start to creep in. What, what do you think? Does that sound, sound yeah, yeah. all right? I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's the negative thoughts inside your head. You know what I mean? It's the negative thoughts that some, I think some of it, it's built up on your own. Some of it isn't the coaches and it isn't, it, it's just a situation you're in. I know, you know, there's kids who go to some of the private schools in the local area that, you know, when they were playing for me or even other programs, there's these kids that, you know, are good ball players. They're, they're usually all-stars. They're contributors on their teams. They're usually in starting lineups. They're used to playing, you know, they're used to playing all the time and they go to a private school that there's 30 kids that make the freshman team and there's, you know, another 25 kids on the JV team and another 25 kids on the varsity team. And that can be super overwhelming. And, you know, again, I, th those are choices that parents and kids make. So, Hey, I really want to go to St. Francis or, or Midi or Bellarmine, be, whether it's the education and or the athletics, whatever it is, that's making people make those decisions to go to those schools if your kid really loves sports and specifically baseball, and this is what he like really wants to do. First of all, I think you can, we've, we've established this earlier when we've talked about it, you can go to any school and shine and someone will probably see you if, if you're out there that good and someone will see you. But if you go to one of these other schools and I'm not knocking these schools, it's just, it, what, it's what comes with it. It's, you got a lot of comp a lot more competition to deal with than usual. And when you go to one of those schools, it's very easy for you to just fall in the cracks and, and not get your opportunities and not be seen. And, and then you start building things up in your head that I'm not good enough and, and, and all that. And realistically, you're probably plenty good enough to definitely go play somewhere else. <laughs> you know, there, there's kids that I know that maybe even get cut from a private school team, but I know they could go start at 10 other high schools locally. Yeah had they made that choice yeah. but you know choice choices we make you know that they sometimes have have bad consequences and and that's one of them for that particular situation but you know just a regular kid who's going to a public school and he's not getting the shine he's not being seen and you got 20 25 kids on your roster and you feel like you're busting your butt out there but the coach maybe the coach don't even like you maybe it just seemed like every time he talked to you it's negative it's not, it's not good conversation. It's not anything productive. Um, you're, you're starting to feel like, Hey, I don't even think this dude likes me, you know? And, <laughs> and then I'm not playing, I'm sitting on the bench the first two games of the season and all that stuff. Um, what am I doing out here? You know what I mean? It, it, maybe it's over for me. And, you know, the one thing for me is that, that really sucks is high school. It doesn't have to be the end of the road for you. You know, I think a lot of kids think like, well, if I don't play in high school or, if, you know, if I'm not the starter all four years and I'm not on varsity my freshman year or whatever and stuff, I've failed. 
I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be able to go play college ball. And I think you and I, we both know that's not the truth. I mean, there's, there's tons of stories we can talk about with yours yourself. Just, Hey, I played my senior year (laughs) and I went to college and two years of college, I'm getting drafted, you know? So that story itself, that should tell kids right away. Hey, look, Maybe I'm not Ron Callaway, though. Maybe I'm not as good as a hitter as Ron. Maybe I'm not as fast and great as an outfielder. But there's an opportunity out there at some college for any kid who really wants to be a baseball player and really works at it and and works hard. And I just think we need more motivation, obviously, from our coaches. We need more motivation from uh, our parents and and a lot less discouragement Um, because we do – we do that a lot. And, you know, even myself, I looked at my own self in the mirror over the years, you know, since, since I really started coaching, you know, when I first did it, I was really just trying to jump in and make sure my kid was going to have somebody within the coaching staff that they could relate to and feel comfortable with. And, and I wanted to make sure that, you know, I thought things were going to go the right way as, as far as I thought baseball should go. And then the more I got going, the more I got going, I realized there was some things I had to stop doing. And there were some things I had to do a better job of. Um, And I think I was always an encouraging coach. That's, you know, I'd say that's the good thing about me is I was always encouraging, but I definitely know I'm sure I discouraged some kids and just by whether, whether it was getting on them about something, something they did or whatever it was. Um, But something, you know, I know I all, I learned at some point was like, you know, when, when you do take someone down and when I say that, that's just when you're giving them negative feedback, which we have to do as coaches, we have to be able to give you negative feedback, whether it's something you did poorly or you didn't understand or you didn't get the sign or whatever it is. I got to let you know you failed or did something wrong and then we need to correct it. Um, But I need to explain that to you and do a better job of making sure you understand what happened, why, why we might have pulled you out of the game. And then also why you need to be ready to get back into the game, because I'm going to give you another opportunity. Opportunities are going to keep coming back your way as they should well, we're dealing with kids. Kids should always continuously be getting opportunities. We shouldn't be just, oh, he got a chance, he's done. You know, that that happens in a lot of places. And and then just you're backlogged, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Now there's 20 kids in front of you and you're never going to get another chance. So, you know, I'm kind of tying all, all of our topics in together here. Um, and we probably need to break off in, into one, you know, as far as <clears throat> what do I do if I'm that kid, though? Uh, you know, that we're talking about. Cause that, that was my kid one time, you know, came home from, from a high school practice and just looked like he got beat down that day. It was, it was the one time, one time in his career where I was like, dang, and I know, and I, I had been on him, you know, at practices I've gotten on him and he responded, you know, and he went and knocked out whether it was 20 sprints that he had to do at the end of practice or something like that for whatever he had done that day um, that, that messed up our practice or whatever was going on. He, you know, he went and knocked it out. But this day, he came home upset, upset, most upset I've ever seen him. And to a point of, I could see him not wanting to go back out there today, you know, or going forward. And, um, you know, we had a conversation. I think he was still upset after the conversation. My conversation really was to try and pick him up a little bit. But that's how defeated he was, that even me trying to turn it into a positive there, there wasn't much I could do. He kind of just needed to sulk in his bed and, and, and go cry it out or something and then try to start over the next day. But what do you do when, when that kid comes home and that's what he's going through right now based on what happened there? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's tough. Baseball's tough game and life is tough and 
marriage is tough. All every everything is tough, but I can only speak from from my experience. And yeah, with my experience, anytime that you tie your results, hold on. If I lose you, Jim, we're gonna have to start this thing over. My internet is unstable. Yeah, mine is but too. uh we live, people, we going live, we don't stop yeah. for nothing. Nope. Um you gotta be careful tying results to self-esteem. Yeah. And you know, it, 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 you, you say you get on them or you got no kids. The only reason you're getting on them is because um, their play was not up to par. You see yeah. what I'm saying? You, you, people who are raking, coach is not getting on that guy. People yeah. who are making plays, the coach is not getting on that guy. So it's really super tough on guys that have come through little league and have always been the performers, always lived up to the hype. And then they get hit in the mouth and all of a sudden they're receiving things from the game that they've never gotten before, like criticism. Yeah. Never got that criticism in little league. Yeah. You didn't get it because you were always raking. You were always making all the plays. You threw harder than everybody. You were bigger than everybody. And now you get to high school and the playing field gotten leveled out a little more. And now you're receiving things like criticism, or you might just not be playing as well as you used to, but that now that's also tied to your self-esteem, just like you felt great about yourself and you thought you'd be a D1 player when you were 12 because you threw 80 miles an hour and no one could hit you and all of that. And you felt great. And I'm going to go to the big leagues. Now you're on the other end where I don't feel so great because I'm not performing. So your self-esteem can't be tied to it, to your yeah. results. So for me, it's all about how you're built and how we build our kids. And I already know what's in you listening from the way you talk. But for me, it didn't matter if I had four for four or if I went over four with four strikeouts. My question that I ask myself at night when I go through my reflection or maybe in my journal is. What can I learn from this experience? How can I grow from this experience? Period. Four for four. What can I learn? What did I do well? What do I need to do better? What can I expect the next time? Whatever. Oh, for four. What can I learn from this experience? And so when you're built like that, it has nothing to do with results. It's you put all everything on you and it's all about how can I get better? How can I learn? And that's what I mean when I tell people you got to go through the process. I'm not talking about that fake stuff, trust the process that the Philadelphia 76ers told their fans to make them be patient while we getting our tails yeah. kicked. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you got to have proven processes. This thing is proven. Like when people look inward and focus on how can they improve or how can they get better? How can they grow from situations? And it's not tied to whether I got a hit or didn't get a hit because you know, like I know, Jim, people can get jam shot base hits and feel great. Yeah. And you should, you should, you shouldn't be sad yeah. about it. But yeah. what I'm saying is your emotions are tied to whether or not that ball fell down or not. And that's yeah. wrong. You know, yeah. that's no, wrong. That's true. Well, just like, you know, you're tying your emotions into where you are in the lineup and if you're in the lineup, right? So, yeah. oh, I'm on the bench. Coach must not like me, right? And that, that could be the furthest from the truth. And the funny thing is a lot of kids, what, they're scared to go talk to the coach, right? And I, I, don't, I don't know if it was my dad, but there was definitely a couple people in my life that I know told me like, hey, if you want to know something, you need to go ask and be a man. 
and, and go ask the questions. And, and yeah, you don't go talk to a coach in the middle of practice. Hey coach, I want to talk to you about where I'm at in a lineup. That's right. not the right time, but you get to practice early and you catch coach early and you go up to him and you talk to him or at the end of practice, Hey coach, can I talk to you at the end of practice? Something, you know what I mean? Because I know really good coaches. And I would just even say, you know, an above average coach, average coach, if a kid comes up to me and says they want to talk to me, I'm, I got to make time for that. I got to make time for that and see what he's going through because that, that little simple conversation I can have right there actually could really end up motivating this kid and turn them around. And kind of like the situation I was telling you about the kid we got um, that we've been dealing with that's had some ups and downs all four years. He's a senior now. And, um, you know, we, we had a conversation uh, last week because he had a really bad day and a lot of things were tied into it outside of the, the, the field and, and within the field. And, you know, it was one of those conversations that it's like, dude, this is going to be like the last conversation we can have because you got to figure this out. At the end of the day, it's on you. You got to figure this out. Everyone's trying to give you an opportunity. Everyone wants to see you do well. Everyone wants to see you succeed. There's a lot of kids that don't even have that support. You know, but you're getting it. You got it. If you just show up on time, <laughs> show up on time, be early one time, ask for extra reps, ask for extra help, um, you know, do all those little extra things. And, and I think if you're one of those guys that's having a hard time finding your spot on the roster where, where you're comfortable, where you're usually liking to be, like you said, don't go off these negative things that are out there. Go try to turn things into a positive and, and understand that, you don't need to play all four years. You don't need to be the best player on a team all four years. Do you want to be? You should have that fire, you know, in your butt that said, hey, I want to go compete. I want to go be that guy. That's great. You should have that. But sometimes what you want don't just come right to you. There isn't always just going to be instant gratification, which is what a lot of our kids are getting used to. They're used to being able to find results or get results really quick. And unfortunately, you playing a game that you're not always going to get instant gratification. Like you said, you know, you go 0 for 4. You're still going to go reflect on what happened in that 0 for 4, figure out what I'm going to need to do tomorrow to make sure the next day ain't another 0 for 4. You know, and am I going to go don't do that, Jim. People no, don't do that. They, they don't, but this is what they need to do. This is what they need to do. Absolutely. If, if, if you're not motivated and you're having a hard time and you feel the coaches don't like you and all that stuff, you know what? end of the day, a lot of that you can't control other than, like I said, if you go pull the coach aside and try to find out what's going on, why am I where I am on the totem pole? He's got to give you an answer. You may not like the answer, but he's got to give you an answer. And with that answer that you get from him, that's when you got to decide what you need to do. But at the end of the day, are you going to quit or are you going to fight through some stuff? Are you going to fight through some adversity? Because honestly, if you are going to make it in this game, in the college level and above, that's all this game is about is fighting through adversity because it's going to be different. Every day is a different day. It could be raining. It, it could be cold. It could be hot. Um, a dude could be throwing 90 or he could be throwing 85 with, with a cutter and a curveball and a changeup and a, and a knuckleball and he's filthy and he spots up, you know? So there's all kinds of different stuff that you're going to be going up against. And then at the same time, the bench coach don't like you but the head coach like you, you know, there, there's all kinds of stuff that, that goes on on a daily, but, but we're sitting here thinking and worrying about all that stuff. That's the stuff that's taking you out your game. And, you know, I love comedy more than anything. And I think it was Cat Williams or Martin Lawrence um, that said 
self-esteem. That is esteem of yourself. So this is what you think of yourself and what your worth is. Why do you think you ain't worth anything? Just because the coach or someone else said, you know, hey, you're 25th on the roster or hey, you're on the bench today. Why is that got to make you all of a sudden not worthy? You, you should be saying to yourself, hey, I should be in this lineup. So I'm going to keep working harder and harder and harder until he has no choice but to put me in there. And I promise all these kids out there that are in these situations, if you do that, if you go just continuously grind, whether you want to show up that coach and just show him, hey, I'm going to work for this, even though you ain't giving me my love. I know I'm better than four of those guys in the starting lineup. Don't complain to him about it. Go show him. Go show him you're better. Go come through in your opportunities that you get, even if it's one. If you only got one opportunity today, go make something happen. Go dive for a ball. Go make a play. Go hit a line drive somewhere. And, and don't get down about it if it don't work out for you. Because it, as soon as you get down on yourself, how are you going to succeed? You, you can't succeed if all you do is think of negative thoughts. You've got to be thinking positive out there and you got to be understanding what you're worth and, and, and realize if you think you've been a good ball player most of your career, you're probably still a good ball player. You're just getting down on yourself and that's making you play poorly or not be seen in the light that you want to be seen. But it's all tied to result. The only reason you're falling, feeling down on yourself is because where you saw yourself in the lineup. It's yeah. all tied to result and your, your stuff can't be tied to result because you don't control that. Yeah. You don't control where you hit. You don't control how many hits you're going to get. You don't control if you'll strike out if you don't. The only thing you control is how you attack whatever comes towards you. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And once you leave, once you leave out of the realm of what you control, now you're setting yourself up to be tore down by things that you can't control. Now, that's you say, okay, well, why is your self-esteem go down when the coach puts you in the lineup batting eighth? Because that's the society we live in. Like people's esteem are tied to likes and follows. That's yep. what if hey man, people get upset if you don't like their stuff. Yeah. I didn't I didn't I, I didn't know this, Jim. I, I'm <laughs> new to this. So a kid follows me and he texts me, hey, follow me back. I say, oh, I didn't know, man. Hey, he <laughs> upset. Sorry about that, man. Hey, why you didn't like my picture? Damn, I didn't know I had to like everything. You know what I mean? I liked it. The reason I don't like stuff, Jim, is because I don't like everybody knowing everything I like. You know what I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> I'd be scrolling through Instagram. It'd it be popping up what other people that follow me like. I'm like, what? I didn't know it did this. Man. You know what I mean? So get into the algorithm of everything. Yeah, I'm starting to learn this stuff. So I think you got to stay in the realm of what you can control and how you you got to you got to master how you attack everything that comes your way. Because I, I, I'm into um, self-help and things like that. And I read a book. Matter of fact. This book right here, man, we get a book shot out right here. Chop wood, carry water. It's a great book, man. And it's all about the process of becoming great. And all this stuff that we're talking about is in there. It's all in there, man. Chop wood, carry water. Stay in what you can control. In this book, it says everything that happens to you happens for a reason. And it's an opportunity for you to learn and grow. 
And that's, Jim, that's how I look at everything. We talked earlier about some situations with some leagues we're trying to do some things with and some things working, some things aren't working. It's an opportunity for me to learn and grow. It's an opportunity for me to learn and grow. I went 0 for 4. It's an opportunity for me to learn and grow. I'll ask this girl out. She didn't like me. It's an opportunity for me to learn and grow. That's how I look at everything, Jim. That's why I don't get discouraged when things don't turn out a certain way or they go great in another way. And I'm still the same because I always look at it like an opportunity to learn and grow. Would you say a lot of, a lot of guys that made it to the league, that's, that's their mentality. Well, it's, it, it may not be that exact one, but there's something to it because if you play that long and you play every day, like we do, there's a lot of adversity. So we all have to be, have something built into us. One thing I will tell you is the guys that crumble the most are the guys that never faced it before. And I think that's what happens, what you're talking about at age 12 to 13, when they move to them 90 foot bases and 60 foot, six inch diamonds. And then some people start hitting puberty and catching up. You already went through it at 12. You was dominating that league. Now everybody's catching up and you're not dominating anymore. And now instead of everybody on you saying how great you are, you ain't getting no attention. Again, your self-esteem's tied into likes and follows and who's telling me how great I am. You don't tell yourself how great you are in the mirror like I do. 10 10 great things every day. You, You dependent on other people talking to you and telling you how great you are. If they don't do it, you won't feel good about yourself. Yeah. And that's what happened to you, you know? So everything's an opportunity to learn and grow. That's how I look at it. Um, if it, if it. If it works out or if it doesn't, I'm going to learn and grow from it. Nah, that's 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 a great mindset. I, I think the other thing I, I try to uh, preach this a lot to our players is, is simplify. Keep it simple. Yep. You know, I mean, when you try to have too many things going on and you're thinking about too many things, that's taking your mind off of what you really need to be focused on. You know, whether it's like this at bat coming up, you know what I mean? Um, to, to, to keep it simple, not be thinking, oh, I got to make sure my hands are here and, and all this stuff. That's not what you, I, were you thinking of that when you, when you went up and faced Greg Maddox and hit a bomb off him? Were you thinking about, hey, let me make sure uh, my hands are here? You know, I don't ever think that. I have never, I never bought into the people try to make those little minute adjustments, like raise your hand two inches or spread out three inches. To me, that's ridiculous. That's nonsense. Yeah. That's nonsense. I don't, I don't hit like that. You know? Yeah. No, you, you, and if you try to, you're probably not going to have enough success (laughs) is my guess. Yeah. Yeah. You're thinking about the the wrong things. This is the truth, Jim. I can go up there, spread out one at bat and feel good. Next at bat, I can go out there with a narrow stance. I can hold my hand. That has nothing to do with me hitting. That's a matter of comfort. That's a matter of comfort. People try to make that be about hitting. That's not about hitting. That's not how you stand, where you're hit. That's not why you hit or don't hit. Yeah. That's not it. And if you think that, that's why you're going to always be chasing your tail. Because you, yeah. you're, you're, you're never really fixing fixing the things that are really need to be worked on to be a good hitter. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so so tell me this, because this is part of our topic today, is um, if I am the parent in this situation of I got a kid who continuously is coming home just not happy, seems like he's losing the joy of the game. Yeah. What do we do? You're yeah. a dad. What happens yeah. when this happens to your kid? Maybe hopefully it doesn't, 
But if yeah. he comes home, you know, multiple yeah. days in a row after practice and just doesn't look happy anymore, yeah. not hungry, you know, yeah. not not talkative, not excited, yeah. looks pissed off, yeah. you know, what, what do you do with that? Yeah. Look, I, I try my hardest, Jim, to – I don't want to sit there and stroke his ego and pat him when he hits three for three because – I know if I do that when he's doing well, then what happens when he doesn't perform like that? Yeah. You see the results again. So I try to teach him. I try to teach him. Well, who was that? Maya Angela, somebody. You got to teach your kids to learn and like to do what is difficult. Yeah. Because life is difficult. Yeah. Everything about it is difficult, but it's how it's how you approach it is the, the approach is what's going to separate you or not. Some people are going to run from it and crumble. I got a guy I work with, Mr. Wendell. Shout out to Mr. Wendell, the other male PE teacher. But he always tells me every time something happens and one of the kids on, the, on one of our sports teams just wants to quit. And I got to go to the parents, got to go over to their house because I don't want this kid to quit because the kind of kids I work with, they quit. They on the street. And if yeah. they on the street, it ain't going to be good. Right. Yeah. So he always tells me it's this video game culture. He said, Mr. Callaway, it's the video game culture. And what he means is I'm playing the video game. I don't like what happened. Start all over. Reset. Yeah. yeah. Reset. And there ain't no reset out here. You yeah. know what I mean? There ain't no, he yeah. can't, they, they can't control that, you know? Yeah. And so for, for, for my son, it's, it's all, I'm always trying to get him to try things. And when things get difficult, I'm trying to sit there with them. Let's work through it. Let's see if we can work through this. Let's see if we can work through this. Because that's where the real winning is, man. Being yeah. able to work through difficulty. We were talking offline. And you talked about your team giving up a, a lead yesterday. But something you noticed walking into the cage, y'all gave up a lead. Now you're saying already, okay, next time we play them, we got to do this. Learning and growing. What did I learn? How am I going to grow? You, yep. You're thinking about how to win all the time. Yeah. And that's how I want my son to think. How, how can I get better? How can I win? How can I? That's a, that's a skill, Jim, that not everybody has. They don't have it. Yeah. Most people try their best. If it don't work out, true they don't they don't go to the next gear okay what can i learn from this and how do i get back up there they don't go to that gear yeah i need my son to go to that gear you know so i'm yep. never gonna sit there praising you too much yes i'm gonna give you the same thing i always give you i gotta be very consistent as a dad but i'm always nudging you to that line not too far where it's too difficult but i don't want it too easy i want it right in the middle where you're struggling a little bit and i want to help you work through this so that's how to work through struggle. That's even things like, you know, I, I see this all the time, uh, especially in travel ball. You know, my, my nine or 10 year olds playing with the 12 year olds, you know, 12 you travel ball. Hey, he's playing up, you know, with the big guys and he's hanging in there with them. And I'm like, is this the smart thing to do? You know, is it is this smart to have my kid who's, you know, first of all, if he plays at his age group in travel ball, he's let's say he's a stud, he's going to hit 500 or something like that, which would be a great batting average at that, at that age. Well, he goes up and plays with the 12s and he's, you know, so you're failing half the time already at 10 U. <laughs> yeah. And then you go up to 12s 
And now you're, you know, one for four, oh for three, you know, things like that. You're, you're making a couple errors or you can't throw the guy out because the field's a little bigger and, and, and the longer throw, you're not getting the guy out at first in time. And you're, you're having more struggles and things like that. And maybe even over, over challenged at a young age. Right. I mean, to me, some of those things are, are burning kids out and we, we should let kids play at their age level. You know, let, let them play there. They want You want to get challenged and play up once or twice here or there, but bumping them up a couple age groups, you know, at, a, at an early age, to me at the 8, 9, 10, 11, you know, th- those years we need to really be trying to encourage them to have fun and, and just enjoying the game and learn is, you know, find information, learn, ask questions. Let's get better. Let's practice, you know, more. If you, oh, you want to go throw the ball? Let's go outside and throw the ball. Definitely encourage play and encourage having fun and encourage getting better, you know, every day and learning from what, what you're doing every day, but to also go hard on kids at 10, 11, 12 years old and, and, and discourage them, you know, because that's what you're doing. Every time you just rip your kid apart, whether it's the car ride home, if you're the parent that's, you know, first row of the stands and can't sit down and got to be up on the fence and telling him what to do with his elbow and, Hey, you know, hold, hold longer or, you know, whatever tips you're trying to give your kid from the sidelines. And it's like, first of all, it's disrespectful to the coaches because what are the coaches out there doing? The coaches mm-hmm. are the ones with your kid five, six days a week, seeing everything they do wrong and right. Right. And, but somehow you know better than us. Well, you're on the sideline trying to tell your kid what he should be doing during the game. Plus he getting instruction from me. That's confusing a kid. It's putting too much BS in his head. And then you wonder why he's failing. <laughs> you wonder why he's having a hard time. I had a kid, we played a scrimmage a few weeks ago. This wasn't high school kids. This was some of my younger kids. And uh, we had a scrimmage and the kid comes back in my dugout randomly weird. It was like after a third at bat or something like that comes back already with tears in his eyes. And I never really seen him have tears in his eyes. So I'm like, what happened? You know, my dad's on my ass. I heard he yelled at me, you know, whatever about something he saw. And so I went and talked to that dad because I was like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> I'm not going to have some outside factors, you know, messing with the kids that I'm working with that I already know what I need to say to that kid when he comes back to the dugout. I, it's planned. It's ready to roll. I just play tape, right? Ready to go. I'm going to tell him what he needs to do and we're going to figure it out for the next at bat. And, but for whatever reason, we feel like we got to discourage our kid. We got to get on his ass. We got to let him know, I saw what you failed doing. And I got to let you know you failed until you didn't do what we were practicing the other day. And I'm, hey, I'm sorry, Ron, but this is happening all the time. This ain't just this one kid. It's lots of kids. And we're doing it to them at seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old. But we blame in travel ball for taking kids from Little League. <laughs> we're, we're, you know what I mean? We're, we're, bl- we're trying some, to, some little leagues deserve it. Some, li- some little leagues deserve it. And some of the ones that you talking to, you know what I mean? That they can't understand they're, they're failing. Things aren't going well. They can't pull in money. They can't get things for their kids like uniforms and, and all that kind of stuff. People want more, but they want, they want more, but they don't know how to get the help or they can't ask for, or when the help is right there reaching out to them. Yep. They make excuses oh, for not being man. able to accept the help that someone's willing to give them. And you know isn't what I mean? that the same mindset that we're talking about right now of people Definitely. when stuff's going wrong, they fold up? Yep. 
That's the, it's the same thing, man. It's, it's, this is really not even a baseball question to me, Jim. Yeah. This to me is a, a personality, a mindset yeah. shift that needs to happen. Like the dad is only getting on the kid because the dad didn't see the result that he wanted to see. Exactly. That's all this ties into, man. That's why, Jim, you never hear me say game of failure. You never hear me say I failed. I have an opportunity to learn and grow. Everything that happened, I don't, I don't see it that way, man. I really yeah. don't. Because then that's the negativity you put into your mind. Failure. Oh, I failed. I failed. You don't say you succeeded. It's a game of failure. It's not a game of failure. It's yeah. an opportunity to learn and grow, just like life. Just like I do every day, just like you do every day, just like you did yesterday or whatever you played against Mountain View. Opportunities to learn and grow. It's opportunity out here, Jim. Yes, you know? sir. It's like, I just, I just, that's all it really comes down to. And if you can get your kid to think like that, how can I learn from this? How can I grow? You'll be fine. You won't even be thinking about all that outside stuff. That's it. it if that's not the best tip to our parents out there that are listening, that are especially concerned with this particular topic, I mean, and that's a great way to talk to your kid about it. Hey, this is just an opportunity to learn and grow from what happened today. You know what I mean? Whether it was a bad day, a real bad day, right? Or a mediocre day or whatever it is. I mean, I know one thing I talk to my kids all the time is, hey, let's not try to get too high and let's not get too low. And, and for instance, I, I won't say it necessarily happened yesterday in our game, but we were high. We were high when it was six to nothing or six to two, whatever it was at the beginning of the ball game. Yeah, they were feeling themselves. They're like, hey, we walked it off last time and we won. And here we are. We're looking like we're going to get a second win. We're on a roll. But wait a minute. The other team ain't quitting this time. The other team ain't quitting this time. And they all ball players. And they felt like they had a chance because you know what? Their dugout was talking all seven innings. All seven innings, there was chatter coming from that dugout, and it was 24, 26 of them standing in that dugout up on the fence. I would say probably 12 or 13 got into the game, but 24 of them was standing up on the fence for seven innings, trying to trying to cheer their team on to victory. You know what I mean? And and we were too. We were we were trying to match it. We were trying to match it, but we were riding that high of, of being six to two, and we're gonna be two and zero. Oh. You know what I mean? And and when shit didn't go our way, when shit didn't go our way, then it was like, uh-oh, they coming back. And this is what was happening. This is what we did. And it's it's a crazy game, Ron. It's a crazy game because it. it's, it's it. funny because, you know, how I said we got a lot of new kids in our program that never played before. It's been a long time. And Very they much. just getting some, some crazy learning in yeah. their first two games that they ever great. played. You know what I mean? And and the great thing from it was is that our guys who do know how to play the game and been playing for years and travel ball and they're year round and all that kind of stuff, they had struggles yesterday. They had situations that they knew they could have came through and changed the game and all that kind of stuff and didn't, you know, and at the end of the game, you know, I pulled them all together after I let my assistants talk about what they saw today. I told them straight up. I was like, look, I want to be upset about today because we didn't win. I want to be upset about it. Cause I don't, I don't like losing. I just don't like losing anything. I don't want to lose on a video game. I don't want to lose monopoly. I, I, I don't want to lose anything. I want to win. It's yeah. just the way I am. It's my nature. Yeah. And I was like, I, I can't be mad at this. I said, because for one, I know you guys are going to learn a lot from this game and you you're going to teach them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm definitely going to teach them. And also you just now 
experienced the exact opposite of what happened the last game we played and how you feel right now is what that other team felt like. And this is the feeling that you're feeling right now that you don't want to have that often. <laughs> you don't want to have this feeling. And so now it's back to work tomorrow. Yep. Let's go work on some of the things that, that we didn't do well, but let's go get ready to go take it to them in that next game on Friday, because we get another chance to play that same team again. And we all, now we know each other. And now we know that, we got to do some things a little different in this next game and get better in one day. Let's go do it, you know, and, tur and turn it into a positive. Now, I, I know not all coaches are, are this positive. I know not all coaches are recognizing these things. I know that it just isn't happening everywhere and, and, and cool. You know, I recognize it. I see it and I know how to address it. Um, but we got to get more parents helping with that. Um, just knowing that, you know, I have some parents who are like, hey, our coach is crazy. He doesn't know what he's doing. We don't even practice all this stuff. We, we show up, we play two ball and go home. That's what our varsity team does. I'm not talking about Wilcox says this. I'm talking uh -huh. about other schools. Uh -huh. And I'm like, that's crazy. So you guys don't work on first and thirds or leadoffs or ball and dirt or, you know, independent deep. No, we're not doing none of that stuff. And I'm just like, you know, that's crazy. There's some crazy stuff going out there. But at the end of the day, you as a player – don't control those things. Like we no. said earlier, all you can control is yourself and what you're doing and trying to get the most out of what you got to do and accomplish today. Like you said, reflect every day, yeah. try to figure out what it is I need to do better tomorrow and yeah. go out there and try and do that. And yeah. if you didn't, don't take it as a failure. Right. Take it as I need to figure out what I need to do to get better to not fail next time or whatever it might be. It's, it's just all in the mindset. It's all in the mindset of understanding there's another day I'm going to get another chance. My life isn't over. My career isn't over. There's going to be hundreds of more opportunities for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You never failed. There's no failing. There's only opportunities to learn and grow. I, I believe in it, man. That's what I do. And that's not yeah. just baseball. That's everything. Yeah. Everything for me. So it's, it's life. I mean, just imagine if I, I don't know how many failures you've had in your life. Not not baseball, just life in general. Things that didn't go your way, bad days, bad weeks. Yeah, bad yeah, months. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we all have them, you know what I mean? Right. We all have them. But imagine if every time, you know, you looked at your bank account and you got zero in there. Right. <laughs> and right. you and you quit. You're going to quit life because, you know, you had a bad day, a bad week, bad month. You, your car broke down. You got to right. pay $2,000. I mean, I just had to fix my son's car. That was 1800 bucks. Boom. Right. Just like that. Nothing I could do about it. No. I could let the car sit there and rot, or I could fix it, get my kid back up and running, and I got to figure out how I got to do it, but I'm going to do it. You know, yeah. and, and you got to get yeah. up and put one foot in front of the other and keep it moving. Because if we just are going to give up on every time that we don't, <laughs> that we don't do it, what we want to do or get that trophy or feel that success yes. or patting us on the back, Right. I mean, what, what are you going to do? Because at some point you're going to be out there in life by yourself. I mean, we all we all at some point kind of control our destiny. And, yes. and your mom or dad ain't going to be out there with you. Oh, you know, yeah, we might be texting our kids. Hey, be safe out there. Be careful what you're doing. But at the end of the day, yeah. our kids are out there roaming around a lot of times on their own, making their own decisions. You yes. know, hopefully we've guided them right and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but it's going to be up to them at some point. And, and they got to learn to make good decisions. That's like you said. You know, from day one, I'm going to try and keep my kid grounded, you know, right in the middle, not where every, you know, when you have success, yeah, enjoy it. 
enjoy it. Yeah. But understand there's going to be more bad times coming and more successes coming. So you yeah. got to stay even kill and not ever not get too low when things are bad. Just stay even kill, keep grinding, grind through life, grind through sports, um, yeah. and enjoy and, and enjoy it as best as you can. Even if somebody's dragging you down, man, just try to stay away from the negativity. Try to not think about the negativity so much and keep yourself positive, you know, and like you said, self-reflect every day. It's a good thing to do. Um, and, and just keep yourself away from the negativity. Don't think about the negativity part, you know, just, you gotta keep moving every day. Yeah. Yeah. Just think about if all those bad times we went through in life, we all learned something from them. That's, yeah. the, that's the worst thing in the world, Jim, is when people go through struggles and learn nothing. They don't yeah. even think about it. Yeah. Like that's the tragedy, man. You going yeah. through something and there's a whole lot of learning in there, you know? Yeah. Same with the same with the uh, times where you succeed or you feel like you're getting what you what you want. There's a whole lot of opportunity to learn right there. Yeah. You know, but people I just don't think people take the time to sit back and look at that kind of stuff or, you know, teach their kids how to work through those struggles in a positive yeah. way. Like, you yeah, know, it, it can be hard tough. to take. It's hard to take criticism. Yeah. From a from anybody. It is. You know, it is. Um, it was. It was. I had a tough time with it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that's why. I think, it's why I think I do a good job. Again, this is where I learned from myself. I learned right. from my past. I learned from my mistakes, so I could help these kids today. Because yep. I understand what they're going through. All those failures that these kids are having, or mistakes, or you know, non-success moments. Man, I've been there, and and sometimes chose the wrong route or made the wrong decision you know, or whatever. And so I can relate it back to what's going on with a lot of these kids and, and, and their lives and stuff. And I definitely, you know, there was times I didn't listen to the coach and I should have, there was times I, I, I could have maybe done a better job or whatever. And, and I understand now I look back and understand why I was where I was on the totem pole, you know, or whatever. And, um, you know, and that's, it took me a long time to learn that self-reflection and also to just be able to take criticism. You know, sometimes even the criticism you get, we can choose to make it a negative criticism because criticism doesn't have to be negative. You know, again, if you improve from the criticism, that was positive criticism, but you have to be able to take it that way. If the first thing is to be defensive about it and, and think you got all the answers and think you already do everything right, but you 25th on the totem pole, you should be thinking to yourself, maybe I need to listen to this criticism. And I need to understand how I can apply it to myself in my life and, and, and get better tomorrow, you know, when I when I come back out here. And, and, the, and the sooner we can learn how to do that, the sooner we can pick up on these criticisms. And not every criticism is maybe going to apply to you. Maybe some people are just haters. Maybe some people just don't understand even what you're doing or what your situation is. And they're giving you some criticism. But I, I'll still listen to it. I'll listen to it and go home and reflect. And just, is this something I need to make a change on? It might be something my wife said to me. And, and at first, I'm arguing. I'm, I'm disagreeing. Nope, nope, that ain't how it's going to go, right? Well, shit, on a drive home from a baseball game or the next day or whatever, I'll, I'll be thinking about it. Like, you know what? She's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you have to be able to do that. And the quicker, the quicker we can learn to do that, the quicker as a player we can learn to take the criticism and, and turn it into a positive, um, and get better from it, that, that's going to make your life a lot easier. And that's going to make showing up to the ballpark every day a lot easier. 
um, is being able to take that criticism, understand it and apply it to yourself and decide if you need to make some change off of it and, and be okay with being wrong about how good you think you are, you know, or, or, or whatever it might be. You have to be okay with that. Criticism is a tough one, man, because it's destructive by nature. Yeah. You know, it tears away at your competence. If someone's criticizing you, they're saying something you're doing is not right. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. And I don't know too many people who take that kind of stuff easily, you know, and look at it positively. And I think the only way, the only way criticism can be constructive, the the, the only way criticism can be constructive is if there is so much trust built in a relationship between you and whoever you're criticizing. If you don't have the kind of relationship where there's a whole, I'm, not, I'm talking about a bedrock of trust. Yeah. And if you criticize that person, it's going to fall on deaf ears. And not only that, now that person's not going to like you because you criticized them. Yeah. That's just period. That's just period point blank. And the only way you get that kind of relationship is through repeated experiences of you showing that person you care about them repeatedly that's why on the drive home you can accept what your wife told you but your initial reaction even to your wife was hell no (laughs) and only because you have that kind of relationship on your drive home were you able to go to the other side and say okay you know what let me think about this okay yeah yeah maybe you're right but what if you didn't have that relationship with your wife you wouldn't even allow yourself to even think that i'm wrong you know what i mean Criticism, I don't care who people are. Criticism tears people down. Somebody can come by you today. You don't even know on the street. Hey, Jim, I saw your son. You're doing a terrible job raising him. That shit's going to get to you. You don't even know that person. Yep. Criticism sucks, man. So the only way you can criticize people, I got my wife. My wife is 44 years old. Her mom tells her something and she has to preface it before she says it. I'm not trying to criticize you. (laughs) <laughs> and she's known her her whole life gave her the life that she has there's nothing but trust there and she still has to tread lightly yeah you got to be careful criticizing people man yeah. at the end of the day listen this is the best advice i ever got at the end of the day most of us need love and acceptance more than we need advice At the end of the day, your players need love and acceptance more than they need criticism. The reason that boy's crying in the dugout is because somebody he loves is criticizing the hell out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that criticism is correct, his dad could be right, man. We just worked on this. You should be doing this. Get your head out of your butt, whatever. It could be like, man, what are you doing? We just worked on this. But... That criticism tears away at that kid like you wouldn't believe, man. Even if yeah. they don't show it. I can't. Jim, that's another one of my things you just touched on. I can't stand the, the phrase constructive criticism. <laughs> I can't, there's only criticism, man. And it's destructive <laughs> by nature. And the only yeah. way I'm going to even listen to you is if we got a relationship where you've shown me. We built a relationship on trust. Yeah. You got to show me repeatedly that you in my corner. Yeah. You know? And, that, and I'm going to tell you something else. The other side of that is when you have that relationship, it's easy. It's, it hurts more. Yeah. Like that dad. That dad don't know. That criticism coming from him is hurting the kid more than it would cut, hurt coming from Jim. 
That's why he's crying. That's why he's crying. He never cried for you when you criticize him, but he'll never. cry when his dad does, you know? Yep. Yep. No, so, nah, no doubt about it. And, and that's something, I mean, that you touched on right there. I mean, honestly, as coaches, this is one of those things we can all do a better job of is, is how we go about our criticism because we're going to criticize, right? We're going to yeah. say what you did wrong. We're going to tell the team what they did wrong. We're Sometimes we even overdiagnose stuff. You know what I mean? But those relationships, building those relationships with the kids you're coaching sometimes is more important than the game itself. You know what yes. I mean? Because quite honestly, when you got kids who also will be willing to run through a brick wall for you because they know you care and they know that, yeah, Coach Jim going to be honest. He's going to tell us if we ain't doing what we need to be doing. Yes. But I also know if I'm struggling, having a hard time or having a bad day or whatever it is, Coach Jim is going to be right there understanding what's going on in my situation and trying to pick my ass up. He, he, he's going to be there for me. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and building those relationships with the kids we coach, hey, you wonder why, I mean, honestly, I feel like a lot of my wins in my career, a lot of my wins as a coach is by building those relationships with the kids that are playing for me and even the parents of those kids, you know, trying to have those relationships where we can communicate as parents and coach enough to where we can have kind of a mutual agreement of how this thing's going to go. And one of them with me is let me coach your kid. Because if I can't coach your kid, then what am I doing out here? Because that's what I do. This is what I do for a living is coach kids and develop them and try to make them better mentally, physically, life, every aspect yes. of being a man yes. or a girl. Cause I coach yes. girls too. Yes. And I have daughters and I understand, you. you know, I've lived life. I'm 44 too. I'm in my, in my opinion, I've lived four different lives. I told you this before. I've lived four different lives. I've learned a lot from that stuff. And so by being able to have that mutual agreement with the parents where they kind of understand, and it's what I love about my program, because we really have a family environment where parents understand, hey, I get to just show up and watch <laughs> my kid play and let, and let my kid go get coached by the coach and know that I'm sure whatever he's telling my kid is the right stuff. They trust and you. If I got a question or whatever, I know I could email them, I could text them, I could pull them aside at some point. Communication. Because we communicated that stuff. And, and they're going to understand what we're doing. And they're going to understand that it's not going to be an argument. It's not going to be a fight. It's going to be two people talking and trying to get on the same page and moving forward positively. You yeah. know what I mean? So trying to build those relationships is, is huge. And, and coaches need to do a better job of it. You know, uh, when you try and block people out and act like they ain't there, you open yourself up for criticism because yep. I know Deservingly. Fact, several times, like the first time I coached or the, the first time it was a new team and didn't know a lot of the people or whatever. Oh, you got the peanut gallery going on in the stands. Right? Oh, why, <laughs> they do that? why is he doing this? How come he didn't do that? Why is he at shortstop? Oh, you know, I've heard it, seen it all. I mean, I did Little League for 13 years, and it's 13 <laughs> years of it. You know what I mean? Everyone wants to question everything. And baseball yeah. is a questionable sport. You can question every 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 pitch you can question. Why do you throw yeah. a fastball on that count? You right, know what I mean? Right, 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 right. You, you can question. There's criticism all over the place waiting. The uncontrollables. They live in there. They live in yeah, the uncontrollables. Yeah, it, it is. But, you know, and then building that relationship with the kid, um, you're only going to get more out of that kid by building a relationship with him. Whether you don't like the kid, 
whether he's turned you off and, and, and just don't seem to listen or understand what you're doing and you having a hard time coaching him, instead of you giving up on him because he ain't making your job easy, why don't you go find out what makes that kid tick? Why don't you pull him and say, hey, let me talk to you after practice today. Just give me 15 minutes. I, I just want to talk to you. Pull him aside, find out what's going on in his life. I guarantee you that kid show up tomorrow at practice and do some of the things you've been waiting for him to do because you gave him some of your time and you got to know him a little bit. And now he just might have a little inkling that, you know what, maybe this guy does care about me a little bit. Maybe I I should work harder. Maybe I should do all these things because you know what? I'm not just out here. I'm not just a number. I I can contribute to this team. I can be a part of this. And and again, you know, that's all mindset, mindset stuff. That's all mentality But this yeah. is stuff that coaches can do to actually help your kids. And not one time did we talk about baseball. No, it's not. Just, it's not baseball, man. This is just, it's, it's motivational. It's motivational by having these conversations. Um, it's a mental pickup, you know, for, for these kids when they feel yes. down yes. by having a conversation like that. And, and, and you, you earn some respect and you, and you give some respect. And, and everything will get better going forward. I'm talking, you know, from top to bottom, your team's going to move a different direction when there's that respect level between the players and coaches and knowing that everyone cares about each other, that we are like a family. And, and, and when we do a one, two, three family on, you know, on three, when we, we actually mean it when we say it. We ain't doing it because they did on, you know, the show you know, the, the university or last, last chance university or whatever. We ain't copying what they doing because they did it. Like, nah, are you family or are you not family? I mean, I'm just trying to figure it out. It's first practice. You're already family. Like, you yeah. know, really be, become a family. I mean, the sooner you can get that to happen, honestly, you're going to see, you're going to see more wins and you're, you know, and, and you didn't even have to get better at a drill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just that mental pickup right there and that connection between the, the coaches and, and, and their players you're going to get more performance. You're going to, you're going to have better attitude. You're going to have kids showing up on time. You're going to have kids asking for extra reps. You're going to have kids hanging out in the batting cages like we do right now. We got a great vibe going on at our school. And a lot of it is because of the way we're handling stuff, the varsity coaches, the assistant coaches, the JV, all our staff, we got that kind of mindset right now. Like we understand what's going on with this pandemic and how tough it's been on everybody. And, um, you know, there's a different mentality out there and, and we're trying to change some of the culture a little bit too, because things are changing. Things are changing in this game and things are changing in the world, you know, every day. Um, but we got kids, you know, they're showing up 15, 20 minutes early. They're hopping in the cages, getting extra reps. They're hitting up the assistant coach. Hey, can I come see you before practice and work on my swing? And we got 10 kids sitting in the cage after practice for 45 minutes, you know, h- hanging out, getting extra reps and stuff like that. And, when you got that kind of stuff going on, um, only good is going to come out, you know, from it. Only good stuff's going to happen. So uh, that that that's things as adults, as coaches, as parents. That's kind of the way we need to we need to be lifting our kids up. We need to be more positive with them and not drag them down so much. And quite honestly, that's going to help keep them in the game, keep them wanting to play longer, keep them more motivated. Um, yeah, they got to learn how to do it themselves as players and all that. But we got to teach them. You know, kids just don't know this stuff. They, they don't just wake up at 14 years old. Oh, shit. I'm going to have a great day today and I'm going to get better tomorrow. And, you know, they, they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do it. And we got to teach them. We got to show them. And we got to help them out with that. We can't just expect it. You know, we got to help them out. And sometimes those one-on-one conversations, um, those are things we need to do more of. You know, usually every year with me, I'll talk to every kid on my roster. We got 25 kids on the roster. I'm giving them all. 
their five, 10, 15, 20 minutes of, of me, me, you time to discuss what's going on in your life, personally, what's going on with your game. How can we get you better? What's a plan moving forward for you to move up the totem pole from wherever you are at? Um, I do that every year. I do that every year with all my kids to just make sure they understand where they are and, and not in a necessarily critiqueful way that's negative, um, but a way to where we got a plan moving forward, some goals, some end goals from that. And, and I think that's the thing is we got to do a better job of turning negatives into positives, you know, because, um, again, with that positive mindset, we're only going to do better with a positive mindset versus a negative mindset. You guys got a good culture going on over there. People showing up early, man. And we trying, late. man. We trying. We trying. That's that's what you need to be successful. A culture where the players lead it. You know. Yeah, yeah. You you, you know, and and that's a great thing as a coach. You want to you want to talk about making your job easy. Well, get your <laughs> kids to want to play for you. You get the Go kids the extra to mile. Be, you get them to want to be out on that field and want to play for you and want to be out there and 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 are having fun. You don't have to do anything. The field to get set up, the field to get broken down, the, the plays will get made, the kids will run around and hustle. They'll even, when you got them running extra triangles or pull the poles because they made a mistake <laughs> and that's their, their, their consequence, then they go knock it out. Yeah. Nobody's complaining. There ain't one kid trailing behind. They run in as a group. That, I mean, I'm saying, you know, look. Not everybody can do this. No, <laughs> no, no. It, it takes some special Most people, people can't do it. But you can try. You can and that, try. And, and that's what I'm saying to a lot of these coaches out there that wonder, well, how do I do this? You know, and how do I get better at coaching? Or if I'm a little league coach and I'm, it's my first time doing it and I'm trying to, how do I, how do I bring this together? Well, these are the things that, that winning teams, winning cultures do, all these things that we're talking about. And so if you can follow a blueprint of this stuff, right, and, and kind of understand this, first of all, just how you talk to the kids and get them motivated, that's that's a great first start to getting things going the right direction you know as soon as everything's negative and you're grinding people down that that's when it can you can lose it real quick you yeah. can lose it real quick season over on day one yeah. and you still got 27 games to go yeah. <laughs> that's that's just winning that's just how winners do it period jim it really doesn't matter what you do you're going to find a way to be successful because your attitudes and your mindsets that you just, you just have to be doing baseball, but it doesn't matter which I put. It's like, I told a kid, I got this kid, Mitch Nabetta, man. He's a winner. He's a winner. He's always looking for ways to get better. He never gets discouraged, tries to control the controllables, went through a lot of adversity, overcame it. But I told him, I said, man, if I could buy stock in you, I would. <laughs> Because I know you're going to win. It doesn't matter what you do. You're going to be a winner. And that's what I look for. I look at personality traits. And I help people develop personality traits that are going to help them be winners. But I got one, one, one story. Yeah. Before I got to go to class. And this story happened. We're playing in Coors Field. And Frank Robinson, the manager, decided... We, we we had went to extra innings, Jim. So the, the bench was getting thin. We had used a lot of players. So he decided he was going to put me in center field to finish the game out. Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt. Let's start this story over in a second. My dogs is acting up. Let me let me get them real quick. Go ahead, go ahead.
My bad, bro. I really want to hear this story, and I didn't want to hear it with a dog barking in it. And- hey, it's life, man. We just gonna keep we gonna keep it moving. So All it right, puts me in it. center let's field. Frank Robinson, Coors Field. Coors Field puts me in center field to finish out the game. We're in like the eleventh or twelfth inning, and I hadn't played center field since probably Double A or something. Right? It's been a yeah. while. Yeah. So I'm out there. We're up by one. Runners on first and second. We got two outs. Todd Helton up. Todd Helton hits a low line drive to center field. I'm coming in, Jim, to get the ball. But I wasn't thinking about the Coors Field, thin air, all that stuff. Long story short, ball travels over my head. Two runners score, game over, right? Uh, We lose. Yeah. So I'm in the, I'm walking to the dugout. I go in the clubhouse. I got my head down. I'm sitting in my locker, man. I don't want to hear nothing from nobody. Don't nobody say nothing to me. I don't want the, re- here come, you know, reporters going to come over and want to talk. Yep. I don't want to hear nothing. Right. <laughs> and I feel this on my shoulder and it's Frank Robinson. And he says, damn, Callie, thin air got you. He said, you don't worry about it, man. I'm going to put your ass out there again tomorrow. You don't worry about nothing. He Man. walks off. Now, this is Frank Rob. Frank Robinson is not sensitive. He don't do that kind of stuff, right? No, so he no. walks off. He walks off, goes to his office. A couple of minutes later, Joey Aishan, the pitcher who was on the mound when I gave it up, he comes over and he says, uh, he says, hey, man, don't let that shit get you down. He says, I, I see how hard you work and there's nobody else I'd want out there behind me besides you. He says, I hope you're out there the next time I get on the mound. Just like that. Wow. To this day, to this day, I still send Joey Eichen Christmas cards. And he Joey Eichen's one of them guys that went to the independent league. He tells everybody, I picked myself up out the garbage dumpster and went back to the big leagues. But the reason I'm telling you that story is that's one of the only stories that I really remember about the big leagues when it comes to mindset and things like that. I can't, I can't even tell you a good story about somebody congratulating me when I did something good, you know, that that shit. The one thing that sticks out is the people who came to me to pick me up when I was down. Yeah. That's the, out of all them games I played my whole professional career. The one story I remember is Joey Eichen and Frank Robinson coming to pick me up when I was down. My point when players are struggling that's when they need the encouragement the most. Yeah. They don't need you from the sidelines like dad was doing. Yeah. Criticizing him. And the dad's really only doing that because how he's feeling about it, how people he may think it makes him look or how people judging his son. Yeah. They don't need that. What they need is encouragement and support. I don't need you to pat me on my ass when I hit a three run homer. I feel great about myself already. Yeah, I don't need no encouragement for that. anybody can do that. You're really a good teammate when you make somebody you know is not feeling good, when you can make them feel good about themselves. That's when you're a good teammate. Yeah, when you can pick somebody up, man. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest things. I know we, we teach that a lot, picking each other up, because I can't always do it. Maybe I'm too busy on to the next play. But, man, when he gets in the dugout, someone better be picking you up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone better be picking you up and let you know, because we all know it could be your last at bat that makes a difference in today's game. And you might be 0 for 3 with three strikeouts so far. But if you're still thinking about those three strikeouts and how you're going to fail again in your next at bat, well, what's the odds you're going to be successful in that last at bat with the game on the line and a chance to tie it up or a chance to win it? 
you're not going to come through in that situation. But if everybody been picking you up, hey, it's good. Don't worry about it. We got more at bats coming. You know, and it's funny because I had that exact same conversation with a kid yesterday in our game. He had a 0 for 4, 4 Ks, you know. And But through the game, I was trying to pick him up. I was trying to – and it don't mean my pick, my pick me up didn't work. <laughs> it right. didn't work that right. time. You know what I mean? It didn't work. He he kept his morale up, though, because he went out and played good defense. He was playing second base for me, fielded all three balls that got hit to him, got the outs and all that stuff, did a good job. But, hey, offensively, he got overmatched. They were they were curveballing him to death. They were they mixed it up really well on him. It was almost like they had a scouting report on him or something like that. And, and they just – they got him. But my – got to learn and grow. Yeah, <laughs> my pick-me-up might not have picked him up yesterday. But Friday, I'm looking forward to Friday's game because we're going to get back to work today. We're going to work on some stuff. And Friday might be my pick-me-up. When he goes out, he might go four for four on, on Friday and help us win the ball game. And to me, it all worked out. You know what I mean? Yeah, we didn't get the self-gratification of, of, of winning yesterday, but maybe it works out tomorrow. You know what I mean? And, and that's what we have to look forward to is the next day. You know what I mean? You just got to keep trying to look forward to that next day and getting better, like you said. I love your stories, though, man. I, I I wanted to ask you something, so I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to try and ask you, you know, was it was there ever a moment where you were really down about yourself, you know, in the in the bigs, you know, and uh, do you got any other moments like that where you were just really down about something that happened in a, in a game or even at practice or something or even that, just not seeing yourself on the lineup? I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I do. But that's the one that stuck out because yeah. of the people, the people's reaction to a bad situation, because it's high stakes, man. Joey Eichen got a lot of money riding on that save. Yeah, he gets that save and I'm blo- I'm out there blowing it for him, man. You know, so the way he reacted, that's why it sticks in my head, man. That's what I'm saying. Like how you impact people, you will, you will have a better chance to impact a young person positively in their time of struggle than you will in their time of success. And people have to keep that in mind when they you start recognizing that, like when you see somebody going through a tough time, here's an opportunity for you to go over and make this kid feel good about himself. And he'll never free. Now he'll run through a brick wall for you. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. All right, Jim, that was uh, that was good, man. And another thing is, like you said, you can't always be there to pick somebody up. And a lot of times it means more coming from their friends anyway. Yeah. I anyway. Agree. I appreciate I what Frank Robinson said, but it really meant something coming from Joey Eichen, the person that was on the mound that gave it up, you know? Yeah, you could have crushed yourself right there because, shoot, you you getting a chance to finally be out there in center field and and you gave up the game, right? Yeah. You, I mean, how many guys maybe that was that was it for their career after something like that happened? You know, too. Yeah. It, it easily could have been that. Instead, it was like, cool, you know what? There's some guys that understood what happened, and that's why we play a bunch of these games. Because yeah. this is just one, and I'm gonna move forward and and, and right. try to make play the next game. Yeah, they they understood what needed to be said. That's yeah. I mean that helped. I learned something right there in that moment. Like that's the person I need to be moving forward. So yeah. that's how that's how I treated all. They taught me that. That's how I treated. And Joey Eichen went to the independent league yeah. adversity, so he knew the struggle. He knew yeah. all of that. That's why he was able to have that in his mind. He yeah. lived it. So now. Fast forward, I'm in New York or um, uh, Boston with Pedroia and David Murphy and those guys, and that's how I'm treating them, you know? So 
that's a, I, I hope I hope these people that are listening get a lot from this stuff, man. I know I know it's really not baseball. I wish I could sit here and talk mechanics, but it ain't got nothing to do with baseball, man. It's all about mindset, Jim. Yes, sir. So we'll get at them next week. You already know what you want to talk about next week. Well, um, just some some things we got to talk about it at some point um, is talking about kids playing multiple positions the advantages yeah. of being able to play multiple positions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there was someone that submitted a, a question asking about, um, you know, the Ted Williams book, the science of hitting and all yeah, that. Yeah. And that's where if we really want to get into some hitting and talk hitting and, yeah. and mindset of hitting and stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe it's time to dip into something like that or whatever. I might need to jump back into my Ted Williams book. Cause I keep too, it on the side of my bed. <laughs> I keep it on the side of my bed and, uh every now and then you know especially usually when i take flights so like if we go if we fly to arizona or fly to cooperstown which we'll be doing in july that's the book i take with me and and i usually run through it because it's just there's so much information again information and you can read information over and over again and sometimes forget some key things you know what i mean and and so to go back to it and touch on it again or whatever and, and i mean it's an enjoyable book anyways the science of hitting ted williams i advise everybody to go check that book out and read through it at least once because um, yep. we all know ted williams was one of the greats that ever ever swung yep. the you know what i mean yep. and so why not listen to him and see what he had to say and see if it helps you out right absolutely all right so until next week it's jim greco and ron calloway we'll get at you man